0: Hype, hype, hype! Welcome to another episode of China Cool. I'm Lucy. And I'm Eva. This week we're talking about
1: Chinese fashion, both in history and today. I feel like this episode will be kind of tricky to talk about because I feel like with every like point that we have on our outline for things we want to talk about, it could just spiral into like a never-ending conversation about cultural appropriation
0: Ooh, that's
1: my favorite <laughs> topic Ooh. Yeah. but we're gonna try and get through our outline anyway
0: yeah we'll yell at each other when we get off track yeah i was gonna say you guys can yell at us too but i don't know how that's Physically possible in That's this true. on this realm of time, whatever I don't know how time works. If
1: only we were like a mukbang and people can real time give Ooh, us content. Content. So in our preliminary research of um traditional garbs in china we've kind of identified a few things that either people know about or just a little more prominent and we'll go over those real quick before we start talking about what that really means for us today crash course very very fast crash course yeah we will link images to some of these types of clothing in our show notes.
0: I guess the first most recognizable type of traditional attire is called Hanfu, which literally means Han attire. And as the name implies, it was clothing worn by the Han ethnic group during the Han dynasty. So got a lot of Hans there.
1: China has what, like 50-something? 56. Ethnic minority groups, but the Han ethnic group is by far the largest. Yeah. We are statistically the most common person in the world. But the Hanfu... To me it almost looks a little bit like like Korean mm. like historical clothing. It's a lot more loose fitted. Yeah, it's like loose and kinda roby. Yeah.
0: Looks so comfortable though. I know, it looks really nice. Most people lived well. <laughs> um, so that was earlier in that history. It was about two hundred BC to nine AD yeah. according to my trusty friend Wikipedia.
1: Yeah, but I feel like when most people think of like traditional Chinese clothing, they think of the chi-pao, which mm, um, yeah. How do what do people call that in
0: English? Um I don't think there's an actual word for it, but the canto romanization is qipao, which also looks like a Korean word, so I actually read it in a book. I thought
1: that was Korean. Yeah,
0: I read it in a, <laughs> a book like that we read for one of my classes a couple of days ago and I was like, "Qipao, what is that?" humni <laughs> <laughs> hamnida.
1: Yeah, so the pao, which is the dress that ladies wear, and then
0: there's also tang tangzhuang. That's like the more broad term for it, I think. Yeah. So it generally refers to the male attire, but also includes qipao. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: not to be confused with the Tang dynasty. So tangzhuang is not clothing worn in the Tang dynasty. It was clothing that was made popular in the
0: Qing dynasty. Yeah. That was actually pretty late in time. Yeah. The Qing Dynasty went all the way until like the late, or not late, the early 20th century, which is crazy to think about that they had an emperor then i mean not really like there are plenty of countries that are still like they still have like ruling families and stuff it's this crazy thing about it's crazy thinking that china had one yeah or all the period dramas that take place in the Qing dynasty are really confusing because they talk about like their emperor but they have cars and (laughs) sometimes they're like like they have like old-fashioned looking houses but then they're shooting guns at each other and i don't really know what to think sometimes
1: (laughs) i think another thing that's kind of confusing to me when it comes to especially chi pao, because that's what I'm familiar with as a woman, um, is that a lot of the styles, you know, it's a chi pao, but it also looks so modern that it confuses me. So a lot of the modern cheepaos will have like shorter hemlines or like a really high slit or something, and like you see something like that and you're like, that doesn't seem traditional,
0: but who knows. I wore a dress with a really high slit for Chinese New Year last year. It was the only one that fit me. Yeah, I feel
1: like it's really hard to find, like, tangzhong that's very, um, modest. I feel like every time I go to China, people are just like, why are your hips so large? <laughs> I'm just like, I can't help it. I eat butter.
0: <laughs> yeah, last, last time we went to China, I tried to get tangzhong, but I actually didn't. And I want to this time now, but... I'm even yeah. more scared. Of well, people, last
1: time so. when we went, like I really wanted something that was like made of silk, silk, mm. and the people were just like, "No, you don't have the body for this." Uh.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the Qing Dynasty was established in 1636, and it went all the way until 1912, which when the Republic of China started, and that's where a new sort of attire started to arise. Want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. So. After the Qing Dynasty and um, the Republic took over, um, the clothing also became a little more westernized, but not mm-hmm. fully adapting to like what the Western suit looks like. I think, especially for men, it was really evident seeing like some of the changes to like steer t- in that direction, but also not mm-hmm. fully getting like the same type of like lapels and collars and things like that
0: yeah it's always really interesting to me because i didn't realize until pretty late in my life actually that like a western suit in chinese literally means western Western suit suit. like it literally means that (laughs) and i didn't quite (laughs) i didn't quite realize that but now looking back at the history of how that started becoming popular in china it makes a lot of sense because with the Mm -hmm. um with this new kind of suit that was rising up during the Republic of China. It was called the Zhongshan Zhuang or Sun Yat-sen suit. Some may call it the Mao suit. Yeah, it's
1: kind of funny how like depending on what, I don't want to say what side of history, <laughs> depending ah! on like where you stand, that's like what you call it. And it's or kind like your political affiliation. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. won't get into that too much. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Eva, do you remember when we were in Hangzhou and we went to the Silk Museum? And Ooh, part the of museum. the museum was um, like a fashion museum. And it took you through like history of Chinese fashion and then history of Western fashion. And then the middle was like contemporary Chinese designers. Like that was oh, like the yeah. best museum I've ever been in it was so cool it's so beautiful too Yeah, I'm trying to look for some of like the pictures of the placards that I took <laughs> when we were there um, this one says in the 1930s Chinese qipao and western fashion shared their heyday the qipao combining both Chinese and western elements such as the one tailored with the Chinese neck but western skirt hem That's not a complete sentence, but that's okay. In addition, (laughs) addition, people adopted such an original approach of wearing their Western-style overcoat, cloak, wrap, sweater, and fur over their chi That's really interesting, though, just like how starting in the 30s, because of all these things that are happening in China and in the West like fashion really reflected that as well
0: yeah fashion's history
1: no fat like i feel like so many people are very quick to be like oh fashion is frivolous and things like that but i feel like there's so much you can learn about culture and about history just by kind of like like looking at the fashion during the time and if not to that extent like i feel like if you completely disregard fashion you're leaving out
0: a really big gap
1: in yeah. the
0: culture and history of a place. Yeah. And fashion as consumerism is a very modern development. So it makes me sad when people make those same assumptions about fashion in the past. Yeah. Even now, not that fashion now is like all consumerism, but like mm-hmm. at the very least it's like beautiful and oh, yeah. artistic and And like functional. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, so speaking of modern fashion One event that I feel like really celebrated um, Chinese fashion was um, the 2015 Met um, exhibit called China Through the Looking Glass. Mm -hmm. For those who are familiar, at the Met in New York, um, they have like a rotating exhibit and every year they host a gala um, to celebrate like the new exhibit. And then all these famous people and just culturally significant people get invited to this gala and they're supposed to dress um on theme with that exhibit um but in 2015 because the theme was china everyone was like
0: Uh. "Uh oh it's gonna be a hot mess what kind of themes
1: have they had in
0: the past (laughs) i know they i know they had a punk theme Um, which yeah punk punk
1: theme theme was like 2013 last year was um catholicism yeah so that was also kind of controversial because some people did yeah because some people did some interesting things there was one year that was like i don't remember what it was called but it was basically like robots and cyborgs Oh, that's super cool and that was kind of cool yeah so a lot of people showed up just with a lot of like metallics Mm. and like um things like that but yeah the 2015 one I remember so distinctly because I feel like on one hand there was such like a respect and celebration of Chinese people in fashion but on the other hand there were so many people who were like so wrong (laughs) and so off with their interpretation of the theme like I think I think it was like Lady Gaga who
0: just like dressed up like a geisha or something Uh, there's a lot of cat eye like, distasteful yeah, cat eye. like, makeup a little lighter than their regular skin tone. I think there are at least one or two occasions of chopsticks in the hair.
1: Yeah, but I don't really want to focus on the bad ones. I want to talk about the good ones. Yeah, there ones. were some that were super cool. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the one that people talk about the most as being, like, the best on theme Um, outfit was Rihanna Mm. because she actually wore Guo Pei um, couture and she was like one of the primary um, designers who was being featured in the exhibit like at the Met. Mm. I actually went to the Met that year and like saw this exhibit. It was so cool. Yeah, like how do I become important enough in the world to ever be able
0: to wear couture (laughs) promote this podcast promote the hell out of it oh yo yeah once this podcast blows up you'll see both y'all will see both of us at the met gala
1: oh i hope so oh my god
0: arm in arm with aquafina as we rob it (laughs) oceans 10 (laughs) we would just be the commentators though like the two old guys from muppet muppets (laughs) Like, oh, look at that. Look at Rihanna doing that hacking. Look at 8-Ball. <laughs> yeah, so even though, like,
1: the big-name artists and, like, celebrities people recognize didn't wear, like, the Chinese designers, when I was looking through, it seems like there were actually, like, Chinese designers who were present at the Met Gala wearing their own designs. And the the one I can think of is Lawrence Shu, Like, X-U. And I remember seeing his picture, like, after... I don't know if some, like, fashion guy tweeted a picture uh, or something, but I saw, like, I saw his outfit. Um, I'm just pulling it up. Hold on. Um, I saw his picture, and I'm just like, oh, he got the fame. <laughs> I feel like, especially for men who go to Met Gala, it's so easy for them to just wear, like, a suit, a tux. And it's, like, fine. Boring. Yeah, it's so boring. It's so easy to, like, get away with something like that. And I think when they do try to be on theme, it'll just be, like, a little bit of jewelry or, like, some small <laughs> embellishment on their jacket to make them a
0: little like on a theme. subtle texture. Yeah,
1: like, I think for, like, the robot theme, um, Zane just wore, wore, like, a suit, but one of the arms had, like, armor on it <laughs> or something. Oh. And he was just like, I'm a cyborg now.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> That's better than I expected. I thought he was just gonna like, I don't know, just had like like one one chain. I don't even know, or like a pin. Like, oh, there's metal on my suit. I'm a cyborg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: but that was like when I saw Lauren Chu's um, like outfit at the Met Gala. I was like, oh, he went there because he wore like one of his own designs. But it was basically like like what you would imagine as like traditional Chinese garb. But um, like in a modern way. Oh, so, I've, definitely se-
0: yeah. I've definitely seen yeah picture. Like he looks oh, so beautiful. cool, right? Wait, like this, this is really beautiful. Yeah, and he
1: looks so good, and like yeah. no one talks about him because he's not like famous. But that's like he just H. looks so good. So yeah, there are definitely like really cool people in China, um, just like killing it, and yeah. no one talks
0: about him. We need to link a picture of him for sure though. The fans need to know. <laughs> yes. Eva
1: do you know anything about this Met Gala?
0: Um, I didn't really hear about the Met Gala in general until that one year, I think, because like mm-hmm. I just never paid attention to fancy events because I'm not wealthy. So I don't know, I just never <laughs> paid attention to it. But then I heard a lot about like the China theme and or people just called it like China theme. I feel like that's just a weird phrasing. So I was like, I was among the many people who had no hope for this event. And I was like, oh boy, this is gonna be real bad. Like what kind of white tomfoolery is this? <laughs> and yeah, I like I read a little bit more about this, like preparing for this episode and um, yeah, like you mentioned Rihanna, and she was one of the the few, if not the only, uh, like, big-name people who got interviewed, like, on the red carpet, had a lot of media attention, who uh, wore something designed by a Chinese designer, and mm-hmm. I think that's super cool, and... and- Um, or at least like a Chinese national I know a lot of people were wearing like Vera Wang yeah yeah Yeah, like I'm definitely guilty of this when I was really young I didn't think of China as like a hot spot for fashion in any way I was like oh Mm -hmm. I thought people just wore like stuff they buy from flea markets and stuff and like yeah or like counterfeit culture was really big in China when I was growing up and just whenever we go back to China like We never saw, like, super wealthy, like, fancy-looking people wearing all this couture. And things are obviously changing now. But even then, like, it existed. But I guess I just never paid attention to it. So I just had this weird idea that China just didn't care about clothes. Yeah, there are also just, like, a lot of cool new designers
1: in China. Um, Like, I don't know a ton about them. um, But we will link... Some articles, just highlighting some of them, because I feel like this is really such like a visual topic. (laughs) Um, I don't think anyone ASMR.
0: We can describe it. Eva, pick one of the brands and describe the aesthetic. Ooh, Samuel Gui Yang. That's very beautiful. All right. So imagine you're in a room with soft walls, but the wall because the walls have like carpet on them and they're soft. You know. Now, just imagine what color that would be, but it has to be green. (laughs) Now, imagine that on a shirt, but not thick, like linen.
1: You're bad at this. (laughs) Um, Let me try. (laughs) Ooh, this uh, Samuel Guiyang, the top is really interesting because... Um, The material makes it look like it should be like very loose and flowing, but then it's so structured. It has like such an interesting neckline and shoulder like definition, Mm -hmm. but then it has like the buttons that you would see on like a chi pal, like the ones that go to the side.
0: Yeah. And
1: I feel like I haven't seen that in a top like that. And that's really interesting.
0: Do you think you'd have to like unbutton it that way to put it on? Probably. Unless there's a zipper in the back. Oh, I could describe another one. Okay. All right, fake Natu. Yeah. All right. Imagine a minion, but better. You're bad at I, this. Am I wrong, though? Look at it. That's true.
1: But if the minion was in, like, really cool kick crop jeans yeah. with, like, a yellow ribbon on the thigh, and then also, like, these killer
0: heel mules yeah. that sound ugly but look really good in yeah, this Yeah, they outfit. don't got no combat boots. Also, no glasses, because... <laughs> fake not to fix their vision so they don't need they don't need goggles anymore Ooh,
1: i like this one a lot Shushu tong. Shushu tong.
0: oh yeah Ooh, this is very like grandma chic yeah
1: i like it a lot
0: so it kind of reminds me of like the bed sheets that like grandmas would use like asian grandmas mm-hmm. at least like just the very simple cute floral but yeah with, like and i just from the first picture, at least the side view, I would expect it to be like just a basic overall dress that you could see on like urban outfitters or whatever mm-hmm. that I considered buying the other day. I mean what? But <laughs> but then um the next picture, like the f- the front view of it, you can tell it's like is that connected to it actually? I
1: Yeah. It think looks so. like just like an asymmetrical yeah. um hemline with both um
0: fabrics. Yeah. And it looks very like quilted almost or not actually quilted but it looks like that's how they made it
1: it makes me think of like if you had just like this really chic really talented friend in college and you had to like go to a toga party and she was like hell no i'm not wearing a basic white toga she'll like put together something super chic
0: yeah i don't have head. that
1: kind of aesthetic
0: yeah it looks like it was made <laughs> from, like a, from like very high quality bed sheets and a very well-kept tablecloth that was sitting in the basement, but no one used because the color is, like, not welcoming. Mm, but then put them faded. together and it just looks so homey and, like... It just looks really cozy, yeah. Yeah. That one was pretty good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think one of the most interesting things to me is just the prevalence of street style. Um, I always thought of street style as something that only existed in, like new york and milan and like other trendy places like that but um when we were in china this winter uh do you remember when we went to like the super posh oh mall? yeah it's like a runway show there yeah. we went to like the super posh mall and then um my cousin was telling us about how like people who go there they take special care to like flex their outfits (laughs) because there's a really well-known because there's like people who take photos there yeah there's like a well-known photographer who does street style pics outside of the mall and she was like yeah this is the mall that the rich people would style shop at
0: and then there are like malls for commoners (laughs) she did say that commoners (laughs) go to the really posh mall to like just look at good looking people oh yeah
1: But yeah, she showed me, um, like, the street style blog. It was a Weibo. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, gotta love Weibo. I think it's really funny, like, which which brands Chinese people really like. I don't know. I feel like I don't have the greatest sample because the only Chinese people that I see are, like, international students. Mm. And I feel like international students are different, very different than, like...
0: (laughs) the typical chinese street yeah where
1: i wonder what it is about those brands that make it so popular in china or
0: mm-hmm. just like
1: to chinese
0: people yeah i think it's interesting seeing the way that like hype beast culture is kind of becoming more prominent in china just like we talk about this like literally every single episode but hip-hop is growing so much in china and because of that Street style is becoming more prominent. Mm-hmm. And I think just with the the availability of like seeing what's going on outside of China, like greater globalism, whatever, like mm-hmm. not to be too generic and like social studies on you, but it's like people are able to see like all don't know, all the different trends going on and be exposed to like not just hip-hop culture, but just different you know, different trends in general. And it's just changing things very rapidly, and I think it's interesting. And I think the Higher Brothers are really pioneers of doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think another part of it is also just, like, because China is such a strong, like, buying power in this industry, brands have to consider their Chinese market. And, yeah. like... And it's, like, a vicious cycle. Like, the more brands sell to the Chinese market, the more the Chinese market will buy their goods,
0: and then it's just a vicious cycle. Um, Speaking of brands who um, cater to Chinese audiences, though, here's someone who totally did not. (laughs) None other than Mr. Dolce and Gabbana. Wait. Mr. Gabbana. Dolce is another person. Mr. Dolce and Gabbana. They're (laughs) the same to me.
1: Yeah. So... Yeah, this is some uh, current events that we would be remiss to not talk about on this fashion episode
0: of our pod. Yeah, it's shaken up the um, the community on WeChat and Weibo. Oh yeah, even our mom knew about it. <laughs> so what basically, what happened was Dolce and Gabbana put out an ad. Where there's like a woman, she's trying to eat like Italian food with chopsticks mm-hmm. and while this is going on, there's this really cheesy voiceover where this guy's talking and saying random Italian words in a very broken Chinese accent of some sorts. I don't even know if it was an accent. It was just like I couldn't even tell what he was saying. Yeah, he and- was saying
1: like Chinese things, but then we'll randomly insert like an Italian word and it just sounded really like scripted and awkward like you're trying to eat this spaghetti, and you're having such a hard time with your chopsticks. Like all in but Chinese, spaghetti
0: like spaghetti, something like that. <laughs> I know that's literally yeah. how they said it, I don't so know. I didn't even realize it was not Chinese. Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it got a lot of heat for being racist, basically. Yeah. And at the very least, it was just like a dumb ad. Yeah. Because the first time I watched it, I didn't think it was like racist. Like, I wasn't outraged and like, how could they put this out? I was just like, this is not a great choice on their advertising team's part. Just like, it's just not effective, but.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I feel like the most offensive part of the ad was suggesting that Chinese people don't know how to eat noodles or like pasta with chopsticks. Because, like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> easy. Like, I can. Definitely eat spaghetti and meatballs with chopsticks. I can definitely I eat, to. like, a slice of pizza with chopsticks if I needed to. Like, yeah, it was just, like, a, the stupidest ad campaign. But I feel yeah. like that the wasn't... The worst part, though. Yeah, that wasn't the big part. I actually learned all about this on the Instagram account, Diet Prada, um, where they just like to call people out on their nonsense. And by people, I mean fashion brands especially. But basically, what happened is someone had DM'd uh, Stefano Gabbana
0: and Mr. Um, Dolce and Gabbana himself. <laughs> Dolce and Gabbana are two people. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to make a recurring joke.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, they like called him out on something. He basically called China a poo-poo country, and like three poop emojis to be exact. A yeah, poo-poo-poo country and yeah, said other things about how he just like doesn't care about these people and how these people are stupid and just like other things that were really rude and really racist
0: and yeah, like, this is the part that was actually racist yeah
1: and then people like Whoever, like, asked him that took screenshots of it and shared it. And then he was, like, oh, that wasn't me who said that. Um, My account was was hacked. hacked. (laughs) (laughs) So, meanwhile, he was posting other things while his account was allegedly hacked. So stupid. Yeah. And, like, that's when everyone was just, like, wait, no, this is actually not okay. And, like... Um, So the whole reason all of this was happening was because Dolce & Gabbana was putting on like this big show in um, Shanghai. Um, So after all this stuff came out, like models started dropping out of the show, celebrities who who were planning to like attend the show and sit in the front rows and things like that, they started dropping out. And some of them were, like, very vocal about their disapproval about about what happened. Like, I know, like, Zhang Ziyi, like, posted something that was, like, basically, like, a MS Paint meme, but (laughs) it just, like, called them out on this nonsense and was just, like, I can't support this. It was
0: something along the lines of, like, eat (laughs) poo-poo. We have to link it. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of spiraled though after the celebrities started mm-hmm. taking over, because then like the way and WeChat community started. It started trending on social media, and I think there was like the hashtag boycott Dolce was. Wait, where was Dolce during all this time? <laughs> Why isn't it boycott Cabana? I just realized. Well, the
1: two of them, the two of them did sit down and record like an apology, but it was like the it was like a textbook bad apology that like people would use to try and teach someone what a non-apology is cuz they were basically like we are sorry that you guys were offended um the chinese market means a lot to us so basically they're saying like we didn't mean for this to happen we still want your money yeah. like that was their um statement basically so yes, I didn't
0: didn't think a lot of things through with this entire situation.
1: No, not at all. So like Surprised do you no think them. Dolce and Gabbana is cancelled?
0: Honestly, with the amount of um influence that China has on their market, basically. Yeah.
1: I read a really interesting piece. I'll see if I can find it to link it about um it was like written by a model who was supposed to walk that show and the model isn't Chinese. Um, or I don't think she was. Like, they were talking about um, just, like, what that whole thing felt like from the inside. Just, like, not really knowing what was happening and then having this, like, moral dilemma of, like, do I still want to, like, walk for this garbage brand for the sake of getting my name and face out there? Mm -hmm. Or is, like, the potential... Like bump, this will give me on my career is not worth it, especially as like a person who's not ethnically connected to or just connected to China at all,
0: or especially for like lesser names. It's yeah, because there
1: was just it was just like a random model who finally got their first big break on this show, and now all this stuff is happening. But eventually, the show did get canceled. Mm -hmm. It got canceled by like the government.
0: I don't know why I, pi- I I pictured like the CCP canceling it like like my boy XJP going like Dolce and Gabbana he's canceled get out of my country
1: <laughs> should I should I read I found the stuff should I read some of the things I'm oh, sure why not okay so um this is a message from Mister Gabbana he says blah in all the interviews I will do international I will say that. The country of poop, 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 poop is China. And you are also quiet that we live very well without you. China, ignorant, dirty, smelling mafia.
0: Woo, that's a. Ha ha ha.
1: You think I'm afraid about your post? Ha 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 ha. ha. So that was the screen grab from this sounds like Stefano Gabbana. This
0: sounds like something a middle schooler would say. Like, your country is poop, poop, poop. <laughs>
1: yeah oh at one point he also said ni hao stupid bye
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my this is what like this is what like mildly racist kids in middle school would say to like chinese kids yeah. oh my god yeah he's canceled yeah. I, i'm curious if it's gonna drive to like bankruptcy though or like they're gonna have to shut down the company i don't know if it'll get to that know. point i kind of wanted to just because it would be interesting but also <laughs> i don't know and then my Instagram account has been hacked. My legal office is working on this.
1: I love China and the Chinese culture. I'm so sorry for what happened. <laughs> Chinese culture, as in Chinese money. Okay. And then it says the editor in chief of Vogue China was like on her way to Shanghai and then just like got back on a plane and flew back to Beijing. I wish she I was that wealthy.
0: Wow.
1: Um. Yes uh dg the great show canceled by the cultural
0: affairs bureau of shanghai wow
1: yeah so
0: canceled by the government some of the reactions to this entire situation are so dramatic that it's kind of funny or not so dramatic but they're just dramatic to the point that it's almost humorous like i've seen so many videos of just like non-celebrities burning their dng stuff and using it as like their dog's bed and like just setting it on fire sometimes i'm like y'all are so yeah. extra like i love the solidarity and i love that people are finally caring about like being vocal about racism but mm-hmm. y'all are so extra
1: <laughs> apparently there are rumors that stefano gabbana um will be fired um and then the brand is gonna relaunch with just um domenico Dolce.
0: all right Poor Dolce, he got boycotted, but Gabbana didn't. That yeah, sucks. I mean,
1: when you when you sign your name with a human trash can, you kind of have to bear the weight as well. That's
0: true. I feel like I've never seen the Chinese people band together in this way towards like I don't know racism because yeah. people have said things like this towards China before. So I'm I'm curious what about this particular situation made it.
1: Yeah, you're right, though. Like, it seems like the reaction is so extreme. Like, not to say that what happened wasn't extreme or, like, bad. But um, I feel like I haven't seen people react that strongly, like, to anything. It almost feels like a meme. Yeah. But also, I wonder if it's because it is something that's luxury. Like, the people who, like, are consumers of the product also have the means to do dramatic things like burning their clothes set things on fire and like because it's an industry where you literally vote with your dollars and you don't buy out of necessity like Mm -hmm. it's easier to say like oh i'm just not gonna buy it anymore yeah like i wonder if that's why it's so hard for people to be like i'm just gonna boycott amazon because like yeah, I'm kind of. At this point, like we're so dependent on Amazon in our lives, like, like how badly would Bezos need to mess up before we're like actually boycott Amazon? <sighs> yeah. Well, on that very sad note,
0: it's the time for a, we break. Take a break. No Lacroix break today. Fermented nope. drink break. Yeah. I'm drinking Synergy or GT Synergy Organic Kombucha Trilogy flavor, my favorite one. I have a tekate. It's beer. I'll have a beer drink. <laughs> okay, break time.
1: <laughs> Welcome back. For our extra segment today, we are going to reveal more of why our Chinese is bad. Ooh
0: we love being 1.5 and second generation <laughs> what a great yeah. place to be <laughs>
1: i know it's like a, such an awkward place and the thing is like honestly i feel like our chinese is pretty good it really for is for kids who have like lived in china or lived in america most of our lives yeah. if not all of our lives okay so the thing that we're going to talk about today is the Chinese family tree, Yay, Chinese familial values. <laughs> yeah. I I remember like being so confused as a child for a couple of reasons. One because whenever we had people over in our like to our house, I never knew if they were someone I was related to. Or if there's someone who's just like a close family friend,
0: yeah. And then you don't know if you call them like jie like older sister, or aie, auntie. <laughs> that one yeah. was tricky too. And
1: then it's like if we're family and I call you like auntie, just like the generic older lady term. That could like, be disastrous. That's offensive too. Like you can't call your like first, like your actual aunt, your auntie. <laughs> So just off the top of our noggins, how many family things can are we like very sure about? Like siblings, we know. Oh, easy. Gaga, easy. Older
0: brother, Didi. Younger brother. Jia older sister. May May, younger sister. Yeah, you're my May May. I'm May May, as in beautiful, beautiful. You're as in borrow, borrow.
1: Aww. <laughs> Um, I think where it gets tricky in Chinese is that like your maternal side and paternal side are called different things. Oh yeah.
0: And then sometimes regionally yeah. it'll be different names too, like even if they're like
1: Yeah, um, like we call our maternal grandmother La Lao. And some then, people
0: say Waipo. Yeah. or even.
1: Yeah, so it's for us it's La Lao and Lao Ye for grandma and grandpa but for other people it's wai puo, um, wai, wai, puo gong. wai gong or po po gong gong. Um, yeah, I think like not only are there different ways to call people like because we sometimes call them something different like it makes it extra confusing.
0: Some other families do that too. Right? Like people yeah. just do whatever they want cuz cuz like like in
1: our family all our cousins are just like go meimei, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, technically speaking, mom side cousins are biao, so like Biao biao and then dad side cousins are tang. Yeah, so tang tang or whatever. Um but yeah, even like our cousin's wife, we just call her instead of like sao or like 表嫂, which sounds kinda ugly. Yeah. But I guess some of them aren't as ugly like mefu maybe
0: I don't like the word Mei Fu. I think it's ugly and that's why I'm glad that um our aunt never calls dad Mei Fu. <laughs> just calls him by his name yeah. like Jie Fu sounds a lot nicer yeah that's um older sister's husband
1: yeah it's what you would call my husband yeah
0: I won't call him Jie Fu unless he's white but if he's Aww. if he's not white then i will call him by his Asian name his Asian nickname Oh, like, what's up meow
1: meow <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, let's go into all the different types of uncles and aunties you can have. Ooh.
0: All right. So, so there's
1: gugu and gufu,
0: which is your dad's dad's sister. Your dad's brother is shushu 叔叔和... Is that It's not yi, right? It's like yi.
1: Yeah, it's like Ma, right? Shushu, shuma. Shuma wonton. Wait, no, yifu. 姨父... Yima is on your um mom's side that's oh, why yeah. we have Wait. like siyi
0: <laughs> oh yeah so shushu and it's go Gu Gu Fu. it's a bo and bo i'm seeing that but it doesn't
1: sound right it's cuz we don't have a, it's cuz we don't have one
0: bo is what i called um
1: yeah i think for in our heads like Shushu and Bobo is this what you call like any other male figure? Bobo like, implies to is though. Yeah, Bobo is just a shushu that's older than your dad.
0: Mm. Like that's how I always understood it. Uh, this family tree that I'm looking at right now, it's shushu for paternal younger uncle and bobo mm. for paternal older uncle. Older and uncle. then for paternal younger uncle's wife is Shenmu, which I've never heard in my entire life. Hmm. And the paternal older uncle's wife is Bo Mu. So that kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And then you have Gu or Gu Ma and Gu Fu.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but then on the mom side, it's
0: just Su Su and. Err, it's Jojo.
1: Jo. And yeah. yeah.
0: Which is interesting that Su becomes like the standard ones. Yeah. I just realized that now. I've yeah. got Jojo, Jo Ma and Yi Fu. That's easier. Yeah. hmm Yeah. Ooh, nieces and nephews. Those darned siblings kids. Uh,
1: yeah. Wai right?
0: Yeah. But it sounds really similar to grandkids. So I remember when our aunt would call me that to her like other relatives. I was like, I ain't your grandkid. Why are you saying that about me? But then I realized she was saying something different, so it's like, wait, how do you say grandkid again? Uh, so it's why suinu versus why shungu. Yu, yeah. Wai okay, sun' is right. granddaughter, but that's yeah. granddaughter from your daughter's side. So your son's kid would be um or suinu, but your daughter's kid would be why suinzu or why Yeah,
1: because Y is like outside of the
0: family. <laughs> yeah. Because when a girl gets married, she has to leave the family, huh? But that doesn't happen in our family because
1: we alphas. Yeah, the women are alpha in our family.
0: (laughs) Ooh. What would your cousin's kid be in Chinese? Ooh. Because in English, I found out it's your first cousin once removed. Yeah. Which sounds terrible. Yeah. That's literally the worst possible title you could have. (laughs) Other than, like... Like, you fam don't even want ya. It just sounds sad. Yeah. So I just call it my nephew.
1: Yeah. I mean, my that's nephew, what we tian, call, tian. that's what we call Tian Tian.
0: Tian Tian. I miss Tian Tian. He's gonna be so big. I'm gonna look up
1: cousins, kid, in Chinese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so helpful. Why is that what came up? I mean they're not wrong though.
1: I know, um, like off the Great Wall the YouTube channel did like a really um intense family tree diagram <laughs> where they explained all the different things. If we had a younger sister, like what would you want to be called? Shjia. Shell Jia. no, just I just want姐姐.
0: then what would I be? 大姐 <laughs> you already got to be called姐姐 I deserve it You're, you can be大妹妹 no me. <laughs> 小妹小妹 in conclusion <laughs>
1: I think I'm glad that our family isn't too complicated and also that people in our family don't really judge us if we like say something wrong yeah like I'm glad that, like, mom and grandma especially, I feel like I ask them so often, like, who is that? What do I call them? <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and, yeah, they're really nice about it. Yay. Yeah. And I just, it makes me a little bit sad because, like, if I have a kid and my kid asks me, like, who's that? Who do I call them? I just feel like, uh, I <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll be like, yo, call him Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Well, thanks for tuning in to our episode this week.
1: Yeah, so this is our sixth episode for the season, and we've decided that we're going to round it out to a very lucky eight airing on Christmas Eve. So... Very lucky
0: holiday as well, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: So in the spirit of the holiday... We will be talking about celebrations, so different Chinese holidays and weddings and all sorts of festive things um, that'll get us nice and in the mood for Christmas.
0: Yeah. If there's any festivities that you think we should talk about or you have some weird fun facts about it, always as always, send them over to us. You can find us on social media at China Cool Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can contact us individually.
1: Um my handle is Chenny Lucy on Instagram and Twitter.
0: You can also find me on social media at multiple usernames. You can find me on Instagram at Taco Mcbell, spelled exactly how that would be spelled, or you can find me on Twitter at Kangaroo Canal, that's a pun, spelled how that would be spelled.
1: When did you come up with Kangaroo Canal?
0: Well, I used to be Kangaroo Beer cuz i just wanted a pun in it but then some fool from my high school found my tumblr so i changed it and then i made it so that king of root beer only had one post and it was his his uh, freshman year yearbook picture and it basically just said like get on my level or suck it or something like that i was a genius i mean was am (laughs) Yeah, and if you're feeling fancy, though, as always, you can email us at chinacoolpod at com. So far, we've had a whopping one email, so we want to give a big shout-out to our good friend Serena for showing us a really cool clip from, what's that show called again? The dad show? Baba Chinar. Where are we going, dad, or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sending that one out, though. It was, I watched a couple minutes of it, and the dads were so beautiful, and I was like, whoa, and the children were so beautiful. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I was like, I hope my children look like that. If only. All
1: right. Well, as of today, as of this recording, um, I have finished everything Yay! that I need to do in grad school. Da, and it feels da, 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 insane da, because da. now I have so much free time. Like, I never have to do homework ever again. So whenever I'm home, I can just, like, research stuff for the pod. Wow. Wow this is my one extracurricular thing yeah now i just gotta find a job i'm gonna keep
0: all of this in good (laughs) all right well thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in two weeks
1: yeah christmas eve be there or be square be
0: there or
1: be square (laughs) Okay, bye